Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. We're going to take a little break today from social justice controversy. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. I, I can't take too much of it. It's uh, it's not good to have your mind always in those things. It's good to know about what's going on. It's good to do something, if you can, about what's going on, because there's a lot of evil on the march, and it's marching very quick. I believe God is withdrawing his hand in some ways from uh, the the United States, including the churches here and the evangelical church, and really from the whole West in general. And, uh, and it's a sad thing to live through, but we can't always be there because God's still at work, even in the places in which, which he's withdrawing his hand and there seems to be judgment. Uh, there's still, I think, a, a sense in which God is saving people. God is still doing a lot of good things, and we, we can't lose sight of that. And if you just walk outside and you look at the trees and the sun and, and everything that God has blessed us with that we are undeserving of, uh, it, it changes your perspective. And so it's important that we not only focus on bad things, because there's a lot of bad things, I get that, we have to at some points, uh, but we also have to talk about some good things. And I realize a lot of what I've done on this podcast has been exposing and help, helping Christians understand what's going on around them, culturally, politically, socially, uh, biblically. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I want to to focus on some, some other things that are also going on that I think are, are positive or indicative of something positive. And, and one of those is going to be what we're going to talk about today, and that is uh, as we approach Christmas, because Christmas is when the Hallmark Channel is more popular, right? Everyone loves... Actually, a little story about this. Uh, I was getting my hair cut. This is over a year ago, and I, uh, it, it, was in, it was in upstate New York, I think. I, was, I think I was home for the holidays or something, but uh, maybe it was two years ago. Anyway, I was getting my hair cut, and the lady cutting my hair... Uh, was she, she was dressed up, as I recall, in a, a festive, I don't know if she had a hat or a, she had something that indicated Christmas. And I asked her, I said, what's your favorite Christmas film, right? Which is actually, that's a good question to ask this time of year. And it's a good way to get conversations started that could lead to sharing the gospel, sharing about the Bible, inviting someone to church, um, all of that. So I asked her, what's your favorite Christmas movie? And she started rattling off all these titles I had never heard of. And I, I was like, I was feeling kind of weird about it. I thought, I, I like Christmas movies. I've seen a lot. I mean, and I started, I started naming some Christmas movies. I said, what do you think of It's a Wonderful Life? And she goes, It's a Wonderful What? She, she had no clue what I was talking about. And she was probably a little bit younger than me. But it just, I, I asked her, where, what, all the movies that you just mentioned, where, where have you seen those? And they were all the Hallmark Channel. And th this is something that I, I, it's an interesting phenomenon in my mind that a lot of, uh, a lot of people in general, but one of the demographics that most interests me is young, eligible to be married women, late teens, 20s, early 30s, that love Hallmark movies. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that? Why do they love Hallmark movies? Otherwise, people who would be into probably music that, uh, I'm not saying for everyone, but for, for many people in that demographic, they would be into pop music that probably glorifies some uh, objectifying women and these kinds of things. Uh, super shallow, right, music, and and most of the entertainment probably is like that. But yet they like Hallmark movies, and I, f I think that Hallmark is kind of out of step. I don't I haven't really watched Hallmark much. I, I have some relatives who like it, so I've, I've been in the room and seen some of the scenes. In fact, no, that's not true. There is one Hallmark movie I did watch, 
not too long ago because I, ha I happened to be in the room and that's what was being watched. And so I, I was doing something else, but I happened to, I, I, I picked up on it. They're, they're pretty easy to follow, right? Those storylines. And so I want to talk about that. Why is that a popular genre? And then, um, and I'm not saying, you know, the Lord, <laughs> this is one of the Lord, the good things the Lord's doing. It might be, I don't know. Uh, Hallmark's also gone off the rails on some things. Apparently they have some LGBTQ stuff, but that's, I don't, I don't sense that that's the popular stuff. I think the popular stuff from Hallmark, it follows a very similar theme. And, and it could be that this is, um, this, this is something positive from, from our, our memory as we look back and we remember what grandma and grandpa were like, we remember the things of yore, especially around Christmas time. We value these more traditional re relationships, traditional settings. Uh, we're yearning for something. And so um, this is something I think we can tap into. This is something we can use as a conversation starter. If you're into that kind of thing, there's, I think there's a reason for that. It, there's a longing and it's, I don't know if people even understand quite why they're longing for these storylines and, uh, and all of that. So we're going to talk about that. And, you know, I'm not, again, not saying this is the Lord moving in a certain area, but I do see this as a positive thing that can be used, that is um, something positive about perhaps even a more Christian culture that is being exemplified and promoted this time of year. So, uh, so let's talk about that a little bit. Before we get into everything, though, uh, I want to make a quick announcement for you all. I did, let's see if I get the right button here. Yes. Uh, at, if you go to uh, worldviewconversation.com, I have put uh, before Christmas, uh, I, I don't even, I think I have these ending on the 21st or 22nd. Uh, I do have some deals going uh, for books. So if you go to books, right here. Now I had some really good deals Black Friday. These aren't quite those deals, but they're pretty good. Uh, Christianity and social justice, religions and conflict, $19. I just got a shipment of these. Social justice goes to church, $13. And um, if you click on it, I, I added a few things. Let's see if it'll load. Yep. So I put, Vody Bauckham said something positive about it on a podcast. So I put his quote there. Uh, and I, I did the same thing with Christianity and social justice. I put a number of uh, people who have endorsed the book on some level in the, in the quotes that they've said uh, in the in the section there, just in case you're, you're on the fence. You don't know. I don't know if I trust this John guy. Well, maybe you'll trust, you know, Bill Roach or Vody Bauckham or someone like that. So uh, anyway, it's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a great marketer. I'm not a marketer by nature. I'm just, I'm not the kind of person to really promote myself, to even like put out that I have, you know, you can ask me to come and speak or order my book. That, that's kind of a stretch for me, but I'm getting, I'm getting more used to it. I'm getting, I'm understanding more. Paul said, you know, worker is worthy of his wages. Uh, I've, you know, I've got a Patreon. I'm using some, some ad revenue here or there. And, and I, you know, I just realize how important right now before the dust settles, this battle is. And so this is one of the ways you can support me uh, if, if you are so inclined. And, it, and I think it's, I mean, it's a pretty good deal. I'm, I'm giving you for my books, uh, signed copies. We have, um, I have some copies left of, uh, A.D. Robles's book, Social Justice Pharisees as well. So I put that on sale for 11 bucks. So, uh, this won't last forever, but if you're interested in these books, these, these are books that will help you, especially Christianity and social justice, religions and conflict. That'll help you understand and respond to the social justice movement and I name the names in evangelicalism. Uh, you know, I, it's bigger than evangelical. You can give it to anyone, really, but I do get specific on evangelicalism in the book. So there you go. Uh, social justice goes to church. Someone actually just asked me about this. What's the difference between them? That one is about how social justice thinking got into evangelicalism. So it's history. So if you want 
the philosophy and the theology and, and some history and understanding of, of the movement. You get Christianity and social justice. If you want to understand specifically how social justice got into evangelicalism, social justice goes to church. So there you go. All right, that's my little announcement. Let's get into it. Uh, we, what in the world? Uh, let's see here. Let me do, do, do. There, that's what we want. Okay, so this was a meme that was shared on uh, a website, I don't, or a Facebook group uh, called Reject Degeneracy, Embrace Tradition. Now, look, I, I can get behind that. Reject Degeneracy. Uh, certainly, we uh, of Christians. Now, embrace tradition. Uh, yeah, if what you mean by that is the concept of tradition. Tradition's a very good thing. Now, can, tradition can be very corrupted, too. And man-made um, uh, rules that contradict the, the Word of God, as the Pharisees did, can get enmeshed in tradition, and those things have to be rooted out. So tradition can't be, like, the only standard. And, it, and it, I don't think anyone that I know of who uh, embraces tradition thinks that. They, they're, they're trying to get the true and valuable positive things from tradition and say we should keep these, we should conserve these. And there's really good reasons for it, and that's for another podcast probably. But uh, but this is, uh, you know, a pretty good, from what I've seen, uh, Facebook group. And, and so they posted something interesting on December 8th. And uh, let me show it to you. It says, uh, it, it's a picture of a uh, fine-looking man and woman at a Christmas type event, it looks like outside, smiling for the camera, and you know they're they're in love. I think in the movie probably dressed in uh, warm clothing, Christmas type weather, you know, for the winter. And I asked, why is this a popular theme? Uh, well, what's the theme? Well, the theme is, and this is what it says: Modern women sent to mountains by corporate job meets Alpha Chad Mountain Man. For those who don't know what a Chad is, a, I'm going to botch this. <laughs> a Chad, I think, is it's kind of like a masculine man, you know, a man who's actually a man. You, there's hardly any of them left today, right? But but that's the hallmark tries to show someone who's uh, runs a small business, uh, works for themselves, independent, uh, self-sufficient, uh, takes care of their body, takes care of their family, values their family, values the traditions passed down to them, wants to pass them down to their children. Uh, usually there's a there's some kind of, I think, a religious component in there as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot to be said about a Chad, okay? So meets Alpha Chad, mountain man, falls in love instantly, dumps a beady-eyed Beta City soy boy fiancé. Okay, this is a... I, I don't, I, I just know from the advertisements that I've seen of Hallmark movies, they, they tend to follow this line. That's true. It's, it, oftentimes it's a girl who feels trapped in the city and was on track to marry some, some guy who's not very masculine, who can't, who's, who's, and what does that mean? You know, wants to fit in in the city means not independent, looking at themselves through the eyes of all their peers in their social class, not valuing family, but valuing the elite class that they want to be part of. That's the same problem with Big Eva. Uh, it's this, it's the same problem with just really, it's not even just Big Eva. It's just anyone who wants to just kind of subvert the um, their, their regional and familial identity to be part of some metropolitan uh, elite group uh, and uh, of, of people that are 
influential in some way. So there's, there's, I, I know the type, I know the, the kind of archetype they're talking about here. And so it's a girl who kind of feels trapped, but that's the, you know, that's what you do. That's just what's expected, right? Which is a, an interesting twist because it used to be, and, and you see a lot of Hollywood movies depict this, you know, what was expected was, well, you marry one of the farmers in our community, or if you're in royalty, you have to make, you know, like you don't have just a choice in your marriage. You have to think of other people, your kingdom, your family, who you're going to marry. And there's strategic alliances, and, that, and that's so horrible, right? You got to marry for love, right? That's the thing. You can't just marry for the duty and, and um, honor, and, and, you know, these are constraints that you shouldn't have. But the thing is, today, women who are working women, especially in the cities, they're actually more trapped than probably a lot of what I just what I just described. Uh, they're they're more trapped than what we would think of as traditional uh, women uh, who were had const family constraints that they had to think about. You know, you look in like Pride and Prejudice or some of the or War and Peace, right? Some of these old books that uh, this was just common. You had to think about your family. How are you going to provide for them if you don't marry someone who can provide for them, right? This is a, a real dilemma. And and so that that's viewed as horrible now. You should just marry for love. But in this world where we've created, where we just marry for love, this is what's happened. There's a radical uh, individualism where people are islands to themselves. And in order to try to gain some kind of community, it's not a family or, or uh, a region so much as it is a a social group, a, a peer group that you belong to, and you have to abide by the rules of the peer group, the unspoken rules. And it's you climb the corporate ladder, you uh, try to go for success, right? This is you know kind of like mov movies like Sweet Home Alabama, right? It's kind of that theme that Hallmark picks up on, where uh, you're you're trapped. A woman feels trapped. Uh, she she thinks this is what she wants because she's supposed to want it. Everything around her tells her just about, except Hallmark movies, that that's what she should want. But then she gets there and she's not complete. Because what actually brings a measure of completion, a measure of joy and satisfaction? Well, it's 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 in being a helpmate to a man. It's in raising children. It's in keeping house. It's in, and I'm not saying that's the only, you look at the Proverbs 31 woman, she engages in business. There's, you know, there's stuff like that, but it, if you just cut off the maternal instinct that a woman has and you you're only focusing on her as this atomized individual who is competing with men on a corporate ladder then it's a very lonely place and so i think this uh this loneliness um it, it's well i'll get into this later there, there's i think marxists have picked up on this to some extent too they see this but they there, there's a dissatisfaction with "quote unquote" capitalism, with this, uh, this, and I'm not saying free markets. I'm saying uh, there's a dissatisfaction with a world of just cause and effect, price tags on everything. Uh, everything is is a re reduced to kind of like a uh, a price and a commodity. That's that's the thing. And, and Marxists have tried to pick up on this. Now, of course, their way of trying to answer this is way more horrific than that world is they they want to give you an ideology that just reduces everything to oppression uh, so it doesn't really it, it, it puts you from the frying pan to the fryer but anyway let's go through the, the theme more so the modern woman sent to mountains 
by corporate job, meets Alpha Chad Mountain Man, falls in love instantly, dumps beady-eyed beta city soy boy fiance, quits job, spends Christmas with her, with her new man and his family around a crackling fire and perfectly decorated spruce tree and commits to helping him with the family business. And it's love, you know, happily ever after, everything's going well. And so I ask, why is this popular? What, why in this society where all the, the corporate ladder climbing and uh, success-driven fitting in with the elites is reinforced and popular. Why, why at Christmas time especially does this theme arise? That it feels contradictory, right, to everything else. So we have people who have weighed in, and I have not read these yet. So we're gonna have fun time. We're gonna read these, and then I'll I'll comment at the end. So let's see what people have to say about this. Uh, Brenda Blake uh, Bixky says because feminism is a farce. It demasculates men and places women outside their God-made, God-intended design. And deep down, everyone knows it. I think she's right about this. I think that's that's a big part of this. I don't think that's the only thing going on here. But I think it's a huge part of this. Uh, that there's a disaffected uh, way that women are just, they're, they're not enchanted by the, the, the corporate ladder climbing dream that has been impressed upon them. All right, so Jake Starbucks says this, as a, a beady-eyed city boy, I take great offense to this characterization. I avoid soy like the plague. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, it doesn't mean that, I I don't think living in the city necessarily, it, it's just, so cities tend to, you, you lose tradition more. You tend to be more disconnected from the family. People tend to go there from wherever they were raised from and they, and they lose connection. So there are like, People in the city, though, who aren't like that, who, you know, generations back, they've always lived in the city. They have, they, they take ownership of the place. They, so it's not, but, but, you know, we're, we're talking in generalities right now. So I uh, appreciate that, Jake. And then uh, Amanda Lorraine, because women want this, but they don't admit it. I, for one, will proudly do so. Well, thank you for honesty. Uh, and then Michael Tucker says, in general, I would say that people love romantic love stories between a real man and a real woman that end with a positive, happy ending. And they want the man to be and act like a man. And they want the woman to be and act like a woman. But, and here comes the big but, Hallmark has caved in. Okay, so I know this. Yeah, they've caved to social justice and openly, intentionally putting uh, homosexual relationships in their movies. And he says, I started watching their Christmas movies three years ago. And I can tell you that now they have added these kinds of relationships. So he's kind of, he's saying that, yeah, like there is something to this, but... There's evil stuff going on, uh, is what he says at Hallmark, and so some of these these themes. Now, and I wonder, and I don't have any anything to back this up. I wonder though, how popular are those movies compared to the traditional heterosexual uh, theme that I just told you? How how popular are the quote unquote homosexual themed Hallmark movies? I bet they're not all that popular. I could be wrong, but I I bet that they're not anywhere near as popular as the other ones. But I you'll, you know. I don't know. It's 2021. Jonathan Leary says, because Hallmark is, um, let's see, Hallmark, I think he meant Hallmark decided to break this pattern in a bad way. Many people don't like that. At least I think it's, that's why. Um, I wouldn't really call it Hallmark nationalism though. Yeah, which is what the, the, they, the post that I posted it said on the meme, Hallmark nationalism. And he said he wouldn't call it that. I don't think I would either. Uh, he says that seems cheesy, even cheesier than a Hallmark movie. And, and you know, Hallmark movies are full of a lot of cheese. We can admit this. Uh, they they tend to be lower budget and cliche and fake in some ways. The acting's not always the greatest, but it's like B movies from the 1930s, right? The westerns that they would crank out. Like, seems like 
you know, they crank out like 10 a day, you know, just, all right, we're not going to rehearse this. Let's just film. Uh, but they were popular. They fulfilled a need in people. There was something they were looking for that they found in those Westerns. And the people who watched those Westerns ended up winning World War II. There was something about them. It represented something. And I think Hallmark's, there's something to this. There's just something similar going on here. Philip Martin says, our country is hungry for traditional gender roles. People are not being fulfilled in their real lives. So this is a fill-in. Absolutely right, Philip. We are attracted to God-given purpose as males and females. Boom. Yes. Uh, I think that's that's most of it. I think he's absolutely right. Uh, Darren Lawrence, the more I know, the less I want to know. Okay. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that means. Uh, Holly says, because it's how our father created us. Yes, there's something design related in this. Teresa says, the man as federal head is a plan instituted by God. Uh, let's see. She goes on. The idea of a man as a leader and women as his helpmate is how we are created by in the guard. So he, she's appealing to design here as well, which I think is spot on. Matt says, for the same reason, we gravitate towards music by Nat King Cole and Bing Crosby. Nostalgia. Now, I think Matt is tapping in to another aspect of this because I don't think it's just gender roles. I think I think he's right that there's another element to this. There's probably a few, but I think nostalgia is a big part of it too. There was something firm and immovable and uh, stable about that time period in our minds, the way we remember it. Now, of course, there was sin. There were people. But grandma and grandpa stayed together. Uh, there, was, there was stability, more so than there is now. And I, I think that people associate the stability, the gender roles being really defined. People from that era would wear you know, hats, uh, and suits if they were men and uh, they would take their hats off when they came inside and they you know stand up when a woman walked in the room sometimes or pull up a chair for her uh, they, there was there were boundaries between the sexes that enabled people to navigate those relationships today men and women have no clue sometimes how to navigate these relationships with hookup culture and the dating scene it's just they don't know what to do and so I think there's a sense of stability and, and we want that. That's the thing. We actually want that on some level. We buck against it. I'm saying we as Americans. Uh, there, there's a sense in which we buck against it, think these are the dark ages, but then, you know, the racist, sexist past. But then there's something in us that knows that that's partially a lie. <laughs> that, that is, that's not really exactly true. That there's something left behind, something we dumped off at the junkyard that we're wishing we still had. I think he's right about this. He says, nostalgia appeals to tradition, ties that bind to hearth and home. It appeals to a world where there is comfort and security and healthy social bonds. Boom. Bingo. Social bonds. A threat of that nostalgia is traditional gender roles. A threat of that. The town and area I live in is ground zero for the filming of these Hallmark movies. Even though I'm in Canada, my town and surrounding town can easily pass for small town America, appealing to nostalgia. Social bonds is a big concept, the right, and I mean like the neoconservative elites today have no clue how to, how to handle it, it seems. They don't know how to deal with it. They don't know what it is exactly. They don't see the need for it as much. They Maybe a little bit here or there, but when, when you give up marriage, look, I've said this before, in 2015, when you give up marriage and monuments, you've given up social bonds. And totalitarianism is going to be the alternative. When you don't have uh, there, there's two kinds of American individualism. One of them takes into account these social bonds, and one of them is a radical individualism. One, one came from New England, one came more from the South, 
And Richard Weaver has a great essay on this, on the two kinds of American uh, individualists. And uh, I think Hallmark is appealing to that, that more Southern variety of American individualism. I'm not saying it doesn't exist in the North, you know, uh, it certainly does, but it's, um, but you know, you think of like the transcendentalists and Unitarians, they had a type of individualism where man is an island to himself, not in a social bond that he's born into or she's born into. And this appeals to your, your, you want to be part of something. You want a sense of belonging. You want to, you, you want to, uh, to, to have a, so the security of social bonds and, and you need rules for social bonds. That's what we don't like. You know, no one should tell me what to do. Well, there has to be some kind of a rule or else you don't have them. Everett Thomas says, I don't know, but my wife consumes this stuff like it's candy. I hope that means I'm a real man and she's just confirming her good choice or should I be worried? That's actually pretty funny. Um, because Sandy says, because speaking as a woman, we like real men. And, you know, for some people that may not be more complicated than that. John says, that's because nobody wants to redistribute the wealth, but they want to possess it. I don't know if I'm understanding that one. Uh, maybe, I don't know what he's, maybe he's talking about the business owning side of it. Uh, I don't know. Okay. KT, uh, because working women just want to believe our perfect man is just, uh, waiting for us there in our hometown and it's that simple just quit your job in the big city and move home and poof there he is and i think there's a there's a side of this that's true uh the dating in cities is tough because there are so many people to choose from the men treat you like you're disposable and that's true you know if you're dating in a big city it's it's like you you don't even have to see that person again it's just uh you don't have to be serious about it you can just go from person to person and try it out. And I've seen this, this, this is something that should be studied. I've seen this at uh, like Liberty University, for instance, is a good example, big Christian college, right? You'd think that you go to Liberty, it'd be very easy to find someone to marry, but that doesn't seem to be the case. Some people do get married there. There's a lot of people who do, but there's a lot of people who don't. And I think there's probably a number of reasons, but I think one of them is because there's so many people, you feel as though you're, you're almost afraid of making the wrong decision. Like, oh, there's so many people. Like, what if there's someone better uh, in another class that I haven't had yet? And so you're just afraid of, whereas in a small town, your options are limited. And so, um, you know, to invoke something like destiny or, you know, providence of some kind that there's this man or this woman for you and it's meant to be because there they are and the options are limited, there's a comfort in that to some extent. Kyle McDaniel, these comments are great. Curious to hear from the woman, what constitutes a biblical man in your opinion? Like, okay, so this is more of a asking questions. So we'll skip over that. Mike says, we only watch pre-2019 Hallmark. Yep, I'm, sounds like uh, that's the way to go. Sharon, because the world lies about what is fulfilling. Yep, uh, soy boys will leave there having to change, will, will leave her having to change the tire. Cheryl, <laughs> they, they, they're, they don't know actually how to live practical life is what Cheryl's saying. And, and she's right about that. Yes, the soy boys, as a, the, the urbanites who don't actually get their hands dirty, uh, they, they're not very good in an, an emergency. We'll put it that way. It's when, when a hurricane comes through the South, who are the guys going out there to save people? It's the rednecks. It's the, it's the small town guys with swamp boats and four wheelers. Steven says, fine, except for the stealing someone else's fiance or girlfriend. Oh no, they're not married. So that makes it okay. I guess maybe not. Uh, you know, interesting story with John MacArthur. Uh, I mean, I don't, I shouldn't have started this because now I have to finish it. I'll just give the abbreviated version. So he actually got engaged to a girl. It, it, it kind of like broke up the engagement. Uh, and he, he ended up marrying a girl who he started pursuing while she was engaged. Uh, interesting story, but 
Um, my personal view of that is because someone's engaged, uh, they're, they're not married yet. There's a, an agreement to be married for sure. And the, that there's something to be said for that, to be, to respect that. But certainly while someone's dating, if they're, if they're dating, let's see, this is getting me in the courtship dating thing. So I'm saying like, actually they're, they're dating in a casual sense of, uh, they're just trying to get to know each other, but there's no commitment. Okay. That's all I'm saying. There's no commitment. Uh, and I don't think it's wrong to then say, Hey, would you want to go out with me? Right now, if they're engaged, yeah, it's a little bit more of a little more tricky, but I think, uh, even that engagements can be broken off. There's a reason you have an engagement. It's kind of like a testing period in a way you're starting, you have the stress of a wedding coming up. You have to make decisions together. You're starting to figure out what a marriage would be like. And sometimes you find out, wait a minute, this isn't the person I thought they were. Let's break it off. And that's wisdom at times. So uh, so I don't think it's always wrong to do that. Uh, anyway, Heather says it's because the feminist movement trained women to focus on their careers for decades instead of producing a strong family. So she, she's talking about feminism and independent men and weak dependent men. Uh, so anyway, we're going to go through all of this. Let's see. We only have a few more alpha men are attractive to real women, uh, real men, women want real men. Uh, th th that seems to be the general theme. Okay, so I agree with these. I think th the people analyzing this on the Conversations That Matter Facebook page are right. This is an example of how intelligent this audience is. They, they nailed it. They understand it. It is a combination of things. It is the nostalgia for stability and tradition. It is the uh, desire for traditional gender roles. It is um, the dissatisfaction with modern ladder climbing urban life and the broken promises that it gives about how fulfilling it will be it's not fulfilling right you're disposable you're replaceable and you're not that way when you're the perfect fitting puzzle piece in a small town now this is romanticized we can admit that life isn't like a hallmark movie but life is actually, I think, closer to a Hallmark movie or could be closer to a Hallmark movie sometimes than uh, it is to many of the popular songs that are out there that objectify women and men and are just sin-driven. Uh, you know, th there's a sense in which people think that's, that's edgy, right? That's when you, when you have a really gross sexual things in a movie, that's really edgy, right? That's real. It's, it's, uh, we're trying to do it for real. Well, you know, it's also real to have a man and a woman who love each other come together and be honorable with one another and get married and make a commitment. And, you know, that's also real. And it used to be more real. And I, pe people long for that. So Christmas time, I think, brings out the nostalgia, brings out the desire for these things. And uh, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's a positive thing. And, I, you know, I'm not going to be watching Hallmark movies. Sorry, that's not, not who I am, really. Uh, but I, I do think that that is something that, especially a lot of women, are attracted to. And in our day and age, with 2020 and 2021, I think a lot of people are looking for something stable, something with a happy ending, something that at the end of the day, they can look back and say that that was ordained, successful, planned, beneficial, and not the sad endings we're seeing all around us, the instability we're feeling, the lack of trust we have, the social bonds that have deteriorated. And I've seen it in real time deteriorate. Uh, especially in areas that have had the hardest lockdowns and mandates. Uh, people don't trust each other hardly at all in especially more urban areas. And I've traveled around quite a bit this last year and it's, it, they have changed the culture of this country and ev everywhere. 
uh, because of these uh, just about everywhere. There's some some small towns. I don't think not much has changed because they never operated by the restrictions anyway. I've been in some of those where they're like, we never did anything. We're still not doing anything. But uh, but in a, in a large portion of the country, uh, things have changed. And this harkens back, I think, to a stability, an era that was was not changing. You did the same thing your parents did. Your kids will do the same things you do. And there's repetition and there's uh, just a sense of belonging when you have that kind of stability repetition. So that's my analysis. I think this is a good thing. I think that there is a theological element to this. Gender roles are grounded in creation. This is how God designed people. And and you can see hints of it uh, throughout scripture. Uh, for instance, uh, how many times in scripture do you see the command to be a man, right? First Corinthians 16 uh, talks about this. It says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. First Samuel uh, chapter four says, take courage and be men. Uh, th- there's, and, and there's other places that say these kinds of things. To, to play the man is something that you're kind of expected to know. There's not like a uh, itemized list, an abstract kind of, list of things. Now we could, we could take some things. We could say, yeah, providing, right? If you don't provide for your family, worse than an unbeliever. Providing, that, that's part of that. Uh, defending, right? Uh, that's a responsibility we see in the Old Testament that's really just given to men. It's a shame for a woman to, to be in any kind of, in, in a political leadership position or in a military position, definitely. Uh, so you see uh, this example in, in the Bible about how men are supposed to be taking these roles. And this is an extension of the command to subdue the earth, to take dominion. Uh, women, more of, an, uh, of a helpmate role. It doesn't mean that they're less valuable or anything like that. It just means uh, they have a different role. And they do complement one another, but it's not a complementarianism, right? That's, uh, that's just because the Bible says this. No, it's actually grounded in creation. It's God designed things this way. That's why I think the word patriarchy shouldn't be a bad term. So the patriarchs in the Bible, right? It was good, it's good when we refer to them, but for some reason now it's a horrible term. You should never use it, but it's not a bad term. Uh, the, the example we get from the patriarchs of how they manage their households, and yes, they, those look, those households, very politically incorrect today. They, they included, uh, I mean, it, it was, it's kind of like, uh, I'll compare two things. You have the Abrahamic household, right? Where you have, uh, you have slaves, you have, you know, or servants, right? Slaves, really, though. And you have uh, his wives, his concubines. There's a lot of things in there we can see, especially from New Testament teaching, uh, but even teaching from creation that not all, not all good at all. But we can see, even in that, that Abraham was a man, right? We can see that. We can see that he, he functioned as a man. He had a lot of responsibility. He had to go out and fight to defend his people at times. Um, we've gotten so far away from that, that... It, and it's almost offensive to even say that a man has these expectations that they should achieve. There should be a rite of passage. There should be something that uh, denotes that they're in the community of men now. Um, the other thing I was going to compare it to is uh, I've been going through the uh, War and Peace, which I, I, for some reason, I like Tolstoy. I like War and Peace. And you see that same kind of thing, right? The, the, the large manners with the servants and the people, the peasants all rely on the, the person who has the money, lives in the mansion, and there's this social bond, this relationship between them. And there's, there's, there's a sense in which there's, there's a masculinity that has to, be, it has to be present or else the whole relationship doesn't work. The, the peasants, the, the men who are peasants have to have a, a, they have to see things in a similar way with the man who 
uh, is the, the head of the household uh, or the, the manor on which they live. And, and those bonds, we, we look back at all those things, right? We, we look back on servants and you know, slavery especially, right? And we look back on uh, masculinity as you know, aggressive tendencies in men to go defend their own property and people. Uh, we, we look at all of this and we just, that is the dark ages. That is horrible, right? And, and as Americans, I mean, we just look, that's, that's just not what America is about anymore. Uh, and, and instead we've replaced it with this radicalized individualism. But somewhere along the way, we've lost some true and valuable things. I'm not saying everything about all those relationships was good. I'm just saying there were some true and valuable things that we've thrown out in the garbage can. And I think Hallmark is bringing some of that back. A sense of control. You, 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 you have a, a business it's your your job and your status is not dependent on what other people think of you. You're secure in your family and you just run your business. Your town loves you. You supply something for your town and you make it beautiful and you take responsibility. And people want to be part of that because we've lost it and they're not part of it. And so that's, that's I think, a positive thing. And that's grounded, I think, in creation. I think there is something that the yearning for whatever this is is these traditional gender roles, it is rooted in God's design. It can't be denied. It won't ever go away. We can suppress it all we want. We can butcher our bodies. Uh, you know, we people can um, be, become feminists. They can, uh, you know, enter into interesting relationships that aren't even, it's not even a man and a woman. It's a man and a woman and a friend and, they, you know, and they call it a marriage. And they, there's just weird things going on. People I know going into these things, people I grew up with that were, uh, I wouldn't think would have gone towards these things, going towards these things. You can do that all you want, but it's never going to fulfill you. It's never going to match up with the design God's given you. And even the design God's given you, I should note this, isn't going to completely, there's nothing completely fulfilling, like until heaven. That's, that's why we believe in not just the temporal world, but the eternal world. But here in the temporal world, there are things that are temporarily fulfilling, that are, that are designed in a certain way to communicate with the inner longings that we as humans have because we've been programmed with them and to, uh, and, and to, make us fit like a, a, a cookie, you know, or a, a puzzle piece. Uh, I'm singing cookies because it's Christmas. And anyway, <laughs> I, I really like Christmas cookies. But as a puzzle piece, you fit into something. And people feel today like they don't fit in. And so what's the takeaway? Is there any takeaway of all this analysis? Well, I think the takeaway is uh, be a man and be a woman <laughs> where you are. And whether you live in the city or the country or wherever you live, be a man and a woman. And, and part of that, I think, is, yeah, don't, don't, care about where you are on the social ladder. Don't worry about what other people think of you. Don't worry about getting canceled or called names. That's being a man, right? Uh, for a woman, you know, don't be afraid to take on as part of your identity, your husband's identity. That's part, don't be afraid of attaching your, um, your, your ship to his ship. Don't be afraid of, um, of trying to make him prosperous and his reputation good and working uh, to help his family. And, and so the, I think there will be more satisfaction if uh, you had that more today. And Hallmark, I think, is more of, it's not a teaching moment. <laughs> I'm not saying to watch Hallmark and get your ideas about how to be this from Hallmark. I, I think it's more, uh, Hallmark is more of a uh, reflection of desires that we have. And of course, the word of God is the first place to go to see what your responsibility should be. You see the failures there. You also see the successes. You see a template in 
real people. It's not just abstractions. That's one of the great things about the Bible. Have you ever noticed this? Oftentimes you're not given like the list of like, here's, you're given people. You're given, study this person. Study, study King David. Study Jesus. Study the Apostle Paul. Uh, we, we have so many people to study and to model our lives after. So that's my encouragement. Hope that was interesting for you and a good needed break from the social justice stuff. Merry Christmas. Don't forget worldviewconversation.com. You can go and get uh, Christianity and social justice, religions and conflict, and uh, social justice goes to church. And A.D. Robles' book, you can get Christianity and social, or uh, sorry, what's his, social justice Pharisees, that's the name of his. And I think those would be beneficial. They should still be able to get to you before Christmas if you order now, uh, but that window's closing. So God bless, have a good rest of your week, and until next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.